Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. I want to talk about dreams. I think today's a great day uh, to talk about, about dreams. And you know, about 10 years ago, we were youth pastoring in El Paso. And God began, I thought I would have been in youth ministry forever. If you had asked me 10 years ago, what do you think you'll be doing in 10 years? I'll be doing student ministry. I thought that that's what I'd be doing. But God began to seed some things in our heart about 10 years ago. And God began to stir a desire in our heart to see a church that would facilitate an atmosphere to encounter Jesus. A church that would see people equipped and empowered, empowered as able-bodied ministers of the kingdom. We would see that God would raise up shakers and ambassadors for his king, for this king and his kingdom. To see people that were full of the Holy Spirit, that they would release his presence into the atmosphere of their homes and into the atmosphere of their workplaces. That their lives would be enriched because the Holy Spirit was flowing in and through their lives. Together, we would be well-connected wells of living water transforming the world around us. We did not want to do church as usual. We wanted to raise up people as able-bodied ministers. We see ourselves as pastors, as, as equipment managers, giving the keys to you guys so you can go out and see cultural transformation. That is the heart of Overflow Church. When we talk about encounter the reality of Jesus, when we, t- we talk about that, what we're saying is we want to encounter Jesus in such a real and tangible way that it not only rocks my world, but it transforms the world around me because I am so moved by God. And we and listen, that is our cry, is that you be impacted in such a way that it must affect the world around you, that you don't have to conjure it up, that you don't have to worry. It just pours out of your life. And that's the heart of Overflow Church. So we had this desire about 10 years ago. God had already given us a name. We didn't, know, we didn't even know what to do with it. And then about seven years ago, uh, we were on staff at a church in Amarillo, Texas, youth pastoring. And uh, we had just had a house built. And the Lord, we, I was out here, uh, I got invited to speak at the youth major at Christ for the Nation. So Leslie and I, we got babysitters and we decided to just make a little kind of a date trip out of it. And we drove up here on a Thursday night and stayed the night. And the next morning I was going to wake up and, and speak these classes at Christ for the Nations. And I, we walked out of the room that we were staying in and God spoke to my heart. And he just said, don't you want to live in the Metroplex? It was, it was kind of like a question. And I was like, I want to live in the Metroplex, which is weird because I went to, I went to school there like almost 20 years prior. Like I'd never really cared to live back in the Metroplex. But in that moment, there was just, just this weight of wanting uh, to live here. So what I did is because we had just had a house built, I was just like, okay, whatever. And just kind of tossed it aside. And about a month later, we were out here for a, pa- a pastor's conference in Plano. And when we were here again, I just felt the weight of wanting to live in the area, wanting to be in the Metroplex. And I, and I found it odd again. I was like, we just had a house built. You know, I don't have a job. I don't have anything like that. So once again, I shelved the feelings, kind of put it on the back burner, didn't say anything to Leslie about it. And then it, we were out here again for a wedding about a month later. And, um, we're at this wedding and everything. And the whole time we were there, I was like, man, I really am feeling this draw to move uh, to the Metroplex. And then about six weeks later, um, you know, we were, we were enjoying a very comfortable life in Amarillo and, uh, we were, our, our kids had friends. We had friends. We hadn't had that in our, in our whole marriage. We didn't have any friends. We had a very comfortable life. And, um, 
and the Lord just would not let it go. Once, once he came to me that December, like about six weeks, it was just would not let it go. And then I just told Leslie, I said, I, said, I feel like God is going to call us. Uh, God is calling us to the Metroplex. You know, we had just had a house built. Like, I mean, it takes like five years. If you know, it takes about five years just to get out of the, the hole of, of all those bills to, to be able to sell the house and make it make money, not even make money just to break even. And so, man, we were freaked out. And uh, so I told Leslie, I shared with her, I said, I feel like God's calling us. And she's like, well, what are we going to do for money? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to plant a church. We never dreamed, never, ever wanted to plant a church. So we called, we got on the phone and we started calling pastors and we started emailing pastors. We knew they were in there. We're like, listen, if you know of a church that's looking for a pastor, we feel like God's calling us to the Metroplex and, you know, maybe we can interview or something like that. And nothing was happening. We have a lot of kingdom connections. Nothing was opening up. Nothing was happening. And so about March, we just, we were like, man, nothing's opening up. I think that's about the time that I talked to Nathan on the phone. And we just, we were like, I, I think that God is calling us to do the thing that we've been afraid to do and plant a church. And, and so Leslie and I started talking about if we're going to plant a church, let's, let's start off in our living room and let's, you know, let's just share a meal together. And let's, you know, let's worship the Lord together and let's, let's minister to one another's needs. And that, that was the exact terminology that we said, book of Acts style, meet in our home, share a meal together, minister to one another's needs. And so we, it started growing the desire in our, our heart. We said, we said, Lord, if something doesn't open up by August, then we'll, we'll move out in faith. We were still hoping a, a, a comfortable salary would, would get us out here. Cause man, we, I mean, I'd been in the ministry for a long time. It's not like I could go out and get a job and make, you know, make enough money to provide for my family. And, uh, and so one day I was mowing the yard. It was during this time we were thinking about this. And I, and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I believe, but you got to help my unbelief. I believe you can do it, but man, I, God, I don't know if I can do it. And so we decided, you know, just to kind of put some feelers out there. And then the pastors of the church that we were at came and asked us what we were thinking. And we were like, oh my gosh, like they're onto us. So they know that like we've got this heart and we weren't trying to steal anybody. We loved that church. So grateful for their deposit into our lives. Wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for them. And they came to us and they said, we know that you feel like you're called to pastor one day. Do you know when that is? And I was like, well, we kind of feel like that, you know, maybe August. And they, they were like, oh, okay, awesome. And, uh, and so it's, the, the, after that conversation, later on that week, I got a call because our thing was money. What are we going to do for jobs? How are we going to pay the bills? We can start a church. We can do ministry, but <laughs> what are we going to do for money? And so I had this little bitty graphic design business. And um, so I got a call from Chris Estrada, who was the director of the youth major at Christ for the Nations. He said, listen, he's like, can you, can you come teach? I mean, this was like days after we told the church, like two days. He's like, could you come and teach? He's like, it wouldn't be a full-time income, but it'd be something to get you guys out here. It'd be a way for you guys to get your feet in the area and, and something to kind of get your income established. I was like, I was like, I think so. You know, let, let me, let me, let me talk to Leslie. And so we talked about it. We ended up, we ended up saying yes to that. He said, well, you'll have to be out here in July. And we were like, oh, July, like that's not our plan. Our plan is, our plan is August. You know, we need that money through the summer to help us do this. And he's like, you'll have to be out here in July. I was like, okay. Okay. So we go and we meet with our, our church again. And they said, well, your last day is going to be June 24th, which is my birthday. And I was like, oh, okay. And we had already had a trip, trip planned way before any of this happened to come to the Metroplex just for a vacation. And so that ended up being a house hunting trip. What's crazy is this. We put our house on the market that week. One of the things we were freaked out about, we're going to sell the house. We're going to lose all this money. We put our house on the market on a Monday. On Tuesday morning, the house sold. 
Less than 24 hours, we had an offer and someone sold full, full, I believe it was full asking price. We ended up not losing a dime. I think we ended up making a hundred bucks, you know, for, which doesn't sound awesome. But when you've been in a house less than a year, I think we were actually in there for about 10 months, 11, 10, 11 months. And so God sold our house, jobs are all this kind of thing. God was answering my prayer. He was saying, let me help you with your unbelief. So we come to the Metroplex and it ends up not being a vacation. We end up looking for houses the whole time we're here. And I had some meetings set up with some guys to do some design work because my design business was kicking up. This was going to be a way for us to generate income. And so we go, we go and I meet this pastor at a design and he's like, man, I can't meet. He's like, could you come tonight after our church services on Wednesday? He's like, I want you to meet my pastor. So I was like, yeah, sure. So I went and met the pastor. He said, so what are you doing? I said, man, we're about to move out here. We're about to plant a church. This is a pastor in Fort Worth. And he said, you know what? If I was going to start a church today, this is what he says. I would start off in my living room, book of Acts style, share a meal together and minister to one another needs. And Les and I are standing there like tears in the headlights. And we're like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what's been on our heart. So the next day, I believe it was the next day, we had a meeting with some other pastors that had a house church in, in, uh, in Grapevine. And so we drove to Grapevine. We, we were sitting out with this couple and they said, you know, if you're going to start a church, you should start in your living room and share a meal together. Minister to one another's needs. Book of Acts style. We're like, oh Lord, you are like helping our unbelief. So we're driving back to Amarillo to get all of, of, of our things and pack up the U-Haul, move out. And uh, Leslie gets an email from a woman that's on staff at the church that we were serving at. She said, I had a dream about you guys and y'all were in your home and you had these tables set up and people were getting food and you're ministering to their needs. And we knew that God was confirming exactly what he had put in our heart. And you know what? I was so grateful. We, we end up I'm mowing the lawn the very last time. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry that I prayed that I was, I was bashful to the Lord that I wasn't like a man of faith, you know, about saying, Lord, help my unbelief. I was kind of bashful. I was like, man, I should be a man of faith. And I should be like, yes, God, I know you'll provide. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm so sorry for praying that. It was the same spot. I mean, I was mowing the grass and I was just having these conversations with the Lord. And he said, Josh, that was the moment that you really began to trust me. When you said only I can do it. And I had the courage that let us, we ended up being, I like to say we were homeless for a couple of months. Leslie hates when I say that, but we really, we were living like in an extended stay hotel. Our kids were getting eat up by ants. We were having all these kind of crazy, we're like, Lord, if we wouldn't have had all this front end, you know, it took us several months to find a house. And then finally on October 27th, on a Saturday night, about nine, nine of us gathered in our living room five years ago and started Overflow Church, Book of Acts style sharing a meal together, worshiping together and ministering to one another's needs. We met in the home for nine months, as you saw in the video, moved to a building. We grew by one, one family. We had some growth, like people would show up and nobody would stick around. We grew by one family during those nine months on Saturday nights. So we're like, what are we going to do? We got to find a place. So we found that ugly little building over on Pioneer and, and uh, made it, huh? We did. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. And uh, most of the time when I wasn't having headaches from mold and uh, it was just, it was crazy. But I want to share for, for just a few moments. Are you with me? If you have your app, you can pull out your notes. We're going to have notes behind me. I want to talk about dreaming with God because this was not overflow church. Listen, was not a dream that Josh Brown had. It wasn't a, it wasn't a dream that the Brown family had. It was a dream that God had. Proverbs 13 verse 12 says this hope deferred makes the heart sick. And most of us have heard that. We stop right there. But I love the second part of this verse. It says this, but a dream 
fulfilled is a tree of life. We're careful with our hope, but how careful are you with your dreams? How trusting are you with your dreams? Because dreams fulfilled are fulfilling. And God knows that. And listen, God is the architect of dreams and he wants you to be fulfilled. Number one, if we're gonna dream with God, number one, you gotta realize that God's a dreamer. God is a dreamer. Do you know that? He dreamed up this whole thing. And I'm not talking about overflow church. I'm talking about the planet. He dreamed about you. You are a product of God's imagination. God is a dreamer. He's the architect of dreams. And can I tell you this, that God wants all his dreams to come true. That's That's why you're here today. Because God had a dream that you would love him, that you would serve him, that you would fulfill your destiny in him. God had that dream. And so it makes him happy that you're fulfilling that dream. We are his dream fulfilled. I mean, you think that you can dream? I'm Let's just be real. People that know me well, I can come up with a dream. I can come up with a dream, vision. I, I can see things that nobody else can see. But it don't even compare anywhere to the way God dreams. So God is a dreamer. Number two, God is looking for co-dreamers. Everybody say co-dreamers. co-dreamers. Listen, not just, not just co-laborers. Come on. God wants co-dreamers. He, he, let, me, let me tell you this. God isn't looking for you to have dreams. He's looking for you to be a dreamer. And there's a difference. He wants your identity to be a dreamer. He has a dream and he wants you to put in it. He wants to align your dreams to his dream. God has a dream. Um, a lot of times what we want, you know, we, you, you go to like Target or Hobby Lobby or something and you see all these like pretty like things. Oh, all your dreams come true. And uh, we talk about all that. What we want a lot, a lot of times when we spend time praying to God about our dreams, what we're wanting is his blessing on our dreams. Isn't that true? But can I tell you today that if we can learn to dream what he's dreaming about, it'll automatically be blessed. If you can know what God's dreaming, what God's desiring, what, if you do that, it'll already be blessed. You won't even have to pray for the blessing. The blessing will be there. We catch his dream when we dream about fulfilling his dream. What was his dream? His dream was the great command that they would love me with all their heart, soul, mind and strength. It's the command, right? We, we do the co part. He does the band or something. <laughs> and so God has a command and we are saying yes, Lord, to the command. And then he has a commission, spread the gospel to the nations, lay hands on sick people. This is the, this is the commission. Transform the planet. That's God's heart. That's his desire. And he says, will you dream about that? I heard, um, Mike Bickle this week, if you don't know who Mike Bickle is, he founded the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. Phenomenal man of God and just such an inspiration to me. One of my favorite teachers. And Bickle was, said that, you know, they have this huge ministry, you know, International House of Prayer, global influence, and, you know, put out all this worship, huge conferences every year, all the time, incredible, significant impact on the world and the kingdom. And Mike Bickle said that someone came up to him and said, man, it must be awesome living the dream. And he says, this wasn't my dream. He's like, my dream is to love God with all my heart, to love God with all my soul, to love God with all my strength. Man, I was listening to that. I was just getting rocked. Like, how would that be my dream, God? 
Would my dream just to please my heavenly father, would that be the dream of my heart? And it, it is so, it so rocked me. You know, we never dreamed of planning a church. That was God's dream. Right. We just said, okay, God, we'll be in on it. Yeah. We'll be part of your dream. So we responded to God. And after we responded to that, it became our dream. Right. Now it's our dream, but only because it's God's dream. So here we are left with five years of fulfillment, five years of relationship. It hadn't always been easy. It hasn't. There's a lot of things that we could have done that would have been a lot easier, but I don't think we could have done anything that was more fulfilling. Right. Stories, relationships, friendships, provision, miracles, lives transformed, nothing better. Some of you are afraid to surrender your dreams to God because you feel like that if you surrendered your God's, God to you, you surrendered your dreams to God, you kind of feel like that his dream for you would be too small. Have you ever been like that? Man, if I give up my will, then maybe it won't be as good as I think it can be. I, I think I could probably have a better will for my life than God does. We really do that. I, I've done that before. Anytime we sin, we're really saying, I have something better than God has. Don't be afraid for his dream for you, that it's small. He makes the, first of all, he makes the small things matter and the big things seem, seem insignificant. Right. Beloved, your independent dreams are so small compared to his. I know you might have vision, you might have something big in your heart to do. It's so small in comparison to what he has. Surrender your dreams. Yield your dreams to him. You'll see that what he has is so much bigger. You might think, oh, my, you don't understand, Pastor Josh. I have a 50-year plan. I have a 50-year vision. I have a 50-year dream. Listen, God has a 5,000-year vision for you. Your dream is small. I have a dream for my great-grandchildren. That's so small. God has a dream of 5,000. Thousand spiritual sons and daughters from your obedience. Yeah. Our dream is small, but he makes the small things significant, doesn't he? Just small obedience, God makes it significant. It's so fulfilling. Number three, the dream is a journey, not a destination. A lot of times we think, man, once this happens, then I'm living the dream. The dream's a journey. The, 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 listen, the dream is always comes in seed form, a word, a revelation, a vision. And l- let me say this. He's not just working on a dream. He's working on us. He's working on us. Beloved, not on what we do, but on who we are. It's a journey because we're all a work in process. We're all being refined. He's not just working through you. He's working on you, yes. Right? I mean, I want God to move through me, but God wants to work on me. And many times he does those things at the same time. Matthew 13, this has been a theme verse for us. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she just put a little bit of yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. I always like to illustrate it this way. Leslie makes this stuff for cake. She does cakes. They taste amazing. They look great. And sometimes she uses this uh, baking, I don't know, material, um, this substance called fondant. And what fondant is, is kind of like a, 
It's kind of like a sheet of icing. And so when she makes it, she makes it with marshmallows and she melts some marshmallows down and, she, and she'll put color drops in there to change the color of it because marshmallows are white. And so she puts the little colors in there. She told me, she said, she said, you know, the hardest color of fondant to make is red. Isn't that right, baby? And I've watched her make that fondant. And she, she gets it all melted down. She puts that cup food coloring in there and she starts working it. And man, she's, she's pushing that coloring into there. She's folding the dough over, man. She's throwing elbows in it. She's got red all over her. She is working that dough. And that's the way it is in this process. God is working the kingdom into our life until it permeates every, until we are bright red. I mean, he is just working his will into us. And listen, understand the dream is a process and it's not just a process of what you're accomplishing. It's a process of you being fulfilled in what God is accomplishing in you. Number four, don't dream alone. Don't dream alone. See, the best part of the story of Overflow Church are the stories of, of friends that we've made, of lives that we've shared, of difficulties that we walked through, of triumphs we've had, of tragedies we've suffered together because we've chosen. We're not going to dream alone. We're going to dream with some people. Listen, leave the dream alone that dreams alone. Leave the dream alone that dreams alone because you'll fulfill that dream and you'll end up empty. You know the Wizard of Oz? You guys know the story of the Wizard of Oz? No, you don't know that? <laughs> Famous story. How, how cool would the Wizard of Oz been if it was about a girl who had a dream about going down a yellow brick road and there was nobody else in her story? And at the end of it, she gets there and she wakes up and nobody's at her bed, Right? because nobody was in her story. And a lot of people's dreams, they're like that. They're what they're going to do. And they don't bring anybody along with the dream. And the great thing about this is God wants to dream. God has a dream so big for you that there's no way that you could accomplish it by yourself. So he surrounds people, you with people that can help you accomplish your dream and you can help them accomplish theirs. And so, you know, they have churches all across the nation called dream centers. I think every church should be a dream center, that we're all dreaming together, that we're all helping one another accomplish God's purposes in their life, accomplishing God's will on the earth. A um, couple more things on this. Number one, or not number one, but listen, the dream is measured in names, not numbers. That's how we measure our dream. That's how we measure our journey, by names, not numbers. And sometimes as a pastor, that's hard, man, because you're looking at the numbers and you're like, not, not necessarily financial numbers, but the people numbers. How many lives were you impacted? How many people are showing up? How many people were not showing up? We start thinking about all that kind of stuff. And I have to continually remind myself in this dream to say, you know what? It's not about numbers. It's about names. It's about the people that are in my life. That's part of the reason why the enemy does so much to disrupt, uh, disrupt relationships, divide and frustrate us because he wants to disrupt God's dream. And so that, listen, part of the reason why the enemy wants to come in and cause tension in your relationships is because he wants to disrupt God's dream. Right. So pay attention to the people in your journey. Ask people to take the journey with you. And let me say this, never, ever, 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 under any circumstances, burn a bridge. Never. Well, you don't know what they did. I know what Jesus did. And I know he did it for you, a sinner. And he also did it for them, a sinner. So are you willing to love like he loves? Never, ever burn a bridge. Keep your accounts short and recognize that God's destiny for them is just as valuable 
as it is for you. Amen. Their destiny is important. Their dream is important. Number five, the last one. The dream is built on trust. We talked a lot about trust last week. But this dream is built on trust. I'm telling you, the defining moment, the defining moment of this whole journey for me is mowing that grass and going, God, I can't do this. You got to help my unbelief. And he said, all right, I'll do that. And most of what we share today is God helping my vulnerability. See, God doesn't necessarily want your strong faith. He wants your honest faith. Because it was at that moment whenever I said, God, I can't handle it, that he said, finally, you're trusting me. There's a story of Jesus and an epileptic boy that kept throwing himself into a fire. And the child's father went to the disciples and said, hey, can you pray for our boy? He's throwing himself into a fire. He's epileptic. He's having these epileptic seizures. He's probably demon-possessed. Can you, can you deal with that? And the disciples couldn't do anything about it. So they took the boy to Jesus. And the guy said, Jesus, will you, can you heal my son? Because your disciples couldn't do it. And it says this in Mark chapter 9. Jesus said, if you can, everything is possible for him who believes. And immediately the father's son said, I do believe. But help me overcome my unbelief. Lord, I do believe it's, it might only be like a 2%. I mean, I, I just have a little bit of faith and he's, you know what he said? That's all I need. And that boy's son got healed that day. See, you might not have the greatest faith in the world, but if you'll just put that little bit of faith you have in the right place, God will make it stronger. God will help you through it. If you just trust him, that's really what faith is anyway. It's just trusting God. It's saying, God, I can't do it. He says, great, because I'm really good at doing stuff. So faith is not about confidence in ourself. And that's what I thought it was up until that moment. Faith is about our confidence in God. Our Godfidence. See, you can muscle your dream, but only God can build his you can muscle your dream. You can muscle what you want to do in your life. You can muscle it out. You can have enough vision for it. You can raise enough money. You can go out and you can work, 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 work. And you might be able to muscle your dream. But only God can build his dream. See, the, in the kingdom, building is yielding. In the kingdom, building is yielding. It's yielding. It's yielding to God. I love Psalm 127. One. I'm closing with this verse. It says, unless the Lord builds the house... Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Listen, God wants to do phenomenal things in your life. And he's going to do that by taking you. And he has this huge dream and he's going to take you and he's going, listen, I got this dream. I got this dream for the earth. I have a dream in my heart for the earth. Who's yielded to me? Oh, let me put you in my dream. Yeah, isn't that good? Yeah, I feel alive. I feel hopeful. I feel full of purpose. Hey, there's another one. 
It's the kingdom of God. And he's just taken us. Those that say, yes, Lord, here I am. I'll yield. Yielding is building. I'll take that one. Who else? Who else will yield to the dream of God? This is the way he builds his kingdom.